What is good, everyone, and welcome to the We Just Talk Wrestling Podcast. My name is Kyle, and I am here with Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. We have a loaded show for you guys today, but as always, we break down the weekly shows, going over any stories from all the different promotions. We will be creating our own PWI Top 10 Women's Wrestlers list with a pretty cool twist on it as well. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WJTW19 and give us a five-star rating of whatever platform you use to listen to the show. So, Dylan, what caught your eye in wrestling this week? All right. So, last week we touched on all the commentary moves that WWE yep. made. Well, former commentator Jimmy Smith is actually making a lot of wrestling headlines this past week. So, he was on uh, the MMA on Sirius XM show um, where he kind of took some shots at WWE. Um, I'm going to read the quote right here. He says, first off, let me explain that I wasn't a commentator. I was not a commentator. I played a commentator on television. I'm not saying it wasn't difficult. It's very difficult, but it's like you're playing a character to commentate fake fights. Um, he said that he, he, he's basically supposed to play dumb, how commentators in WWE stare at the screen that's in front of them, the monitors, and they're not allowed to acknowledge what's going on around them until – it's shown on TV. Uh, Booker T took exception to that and basically said that a guy like Jimmy Smith should never be allowed in the wrestling world. For those who don't know, Jimmy Smith, if I'm not mistaken, came from uh, the sport of MMA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, Booker T, yeah, he took exception to what Jimmy said. Being a wrestling fan... Is it is it kind of a shot? Yeah, but is he wrong? No. Um, he also took some shots at Roman Reigns where he's like, he's a big muscular dude, but he couldn't win a fight even if he tried. Um, so, I mean, he, he, he went on and on. This was right after, remember, he put on Twitter talking about how much he, he, he had a good time, met a lot of good people. He thanked WWE. I mean, what do you think about this recent, this week? He's like, Nah, nah. I mean, it was all fake stuff anyway. I mean, kind of ruining his chance to get another job with a wrestling promotion is what he's doing, to be completely honest right. with you. I mean, if he's, you know, shitting on the business that much, and then you see if he's trying to get another job, eh, probably not the best way to do it. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of with Bucker in a way that, you know, just let us enjoy wrestling. You don't have to down it already more than other people do. So mm-hmm. let, let's just enjoy what we enjoy. And um, honestly, with him, uh, hopefully he gets another job somewhere. I don't think it's going to be in wrestling. It's going to have to be with an MMA promotions or, you know, somewhere. Yeah. But um, and that's why I really got on that. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, 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 I side with Booker. But honestly, at the same time, even though, like, you and I can both agree that Jimmy may not necessarily be wrong in what he said, uh, Booker put it as like, you know, we're not out here like playing a game. Like, you know, we are athletes. We put our life on the line. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's scripted punches. It, it, it is what it is. It's, it's fixed finishes. But like, like you said, let us enjoy what we enjoy. Um, you don't need to shed more light on something that the general public already believes. And that's all oh, wrestling's fake. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. We just, hear just, that. Just kind of, <laughs> yeah, we hear that daily. <laughs> just let us enjoy what we enjoy. And um, Yeah. That's all. That's all I got to say. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, according to Wrestling Observer Live, there are two reasons why wrestlers are wanting to jump from AEW to WWE. 
First, wrestlers are said to have more faith in Triple H than the previous regime with uh, Vince McMahon, which isn't a shocker. And wrestlers are wanting to go to WWE because they want to be able to work more matches than they do in AEW. This is so interesting because this wouldn't even have been a thought four months ago. And you have to think, besides Andrade, who would want to make that jump back to WWE so badly? So what do you think about this? Um, I mean, it, it, it doesn't shock me. You and I kind of saw this coming. The moment Triple H took over, you were going to hear a lot of these reports where it's like, well, you know, people think there's more creative freedom over there, which it sounds like there is. Um, I read a story that was very interesting. Um, Elias was taken off of TV, basically, and turned into Ezekiel, which we all know wasn't really that great as seemingly as like a punishment because he would constantly go to creative with new ideas and they would get shot down. That's the old regime. The new regime in WWE, it seems like there's an open door policy. Hey, if you got something, you know, shoot it by us. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't shock me that some of those uh, guys and girls from the previous regime in WWE who may be stifled, but from, you know, a certain head of creative and a certain company, um, that goes, well, I could have a little more creative freedom over there. You know, why not want to make the jump? It doesn't, it doesn't shock me in the slightest by any means. Yeah. And especially if they have more friends in a locker room in WWE than they do AW, yeah. it would be an easier transition to go back to uh, WWE. But uh, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I just, Ooh. I cannot believe uh, the former regime. It just, it mind boggles me every day. Yeah. But what were you saying? Who do you who do you think wants to make that jump? I hate to say it because I don't want to put you know words on other people's mouths, but um, I could maybe see Athena wanting to maybe jump back ship to WWE. Mm-hmm. I, I thought she was going to be a massive game changer in AEW. Hasn't been the you know hasn't been the result. I could right. see Athena possibly. Who who else are you thinking? Well, I mean, the, the, the obvious names pop up where you're thinking of of Cole and O'Reilly and whatnot, but. I, I personally, I, from what I hear, Cole seems pretty happy. I think his issue is just getting healthy right now. You see, he's a he's the ultimate company guy. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, he did that with WWE and NXT. Yeah. You know, he wrote out his contract. He didn't request the release. He wasn't visibly frustrated. He didn't go out in the media and say he wanted his role changed or whatnot. So Adam Cole definitely seems like a guy that would that would ride the ship out and see what happens. But he is a Triple H guy too. Um, mm. don't be shocked if down the road you hear some of those reports, but like you said, I'm not going to put words in people's mouths. We're just speculating. This is all just fun right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, until we get contracts from AEW, but, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going hey, over. Yeah. Well, no, we wouldn't. Cause, uh, you know, a certain name in AEW, maybe even CM Punk, if he comes back would, uh, put us in a, uh, GTS and we'd have, yeah. <laughs> we'd have to tap out brother. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Uh, Oliver to AEW this week. Uh, Dylan, are you ready? Uh-huh. Starting with Rampage. <laughs> Claudio. <laughs> Claudio and John Moxley defeated the Butcher and the Blade in tag action. Plus, Sean Spears in FTR beat the Embassy. Speaking of FTR, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Last night, they were challenged by Mike Bennett, Matt Taven. Um, so, I, I think they want a shot for the ROH titles. I believe... Uh, FTR also has the and the uh, New Japan tag titles, so I don't know if they're going to do like a you know, winner take all. I don't know if both or just one is going to be on the uh, line when they do have that match. 
But the, it looks like uh, Taven, Bennett, and Maria are pretty much all elite at this point. Very interesting. Uh, off to Dynamite. Luchasaurus defeated Jungle Boy in a very solid opening contest. Orange Cassidy captures the All-Atlantic title against Pac. Man, they are really dropping the ball on Pac, man. Whew. Uh, Chris Jericho was able to beat Brian Danielson to retain the ROH World title thanks to help from Daniel Garcia. Seems... Down the road, possibly a full gear. We got Garcia versus Jericho for both titles. I enjoy what Jericho is doing with the ROH World title, but we have to stop putting all these ROH matches on AEW because it's diminishing the AEW product as a whole, in my opinion. So Khan needs to get that TV deal done ASAP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the big thing about the Ring of Honor thing is like, yeah, it's cool to give it exposure and whatnot, but... Like you said, until a TV deal is done, it's almost it's almost like Ring of Honor doesn't exist yet, in a way. It like, how, yeah, <laughs> I mean that's how, that's all I take it. You're 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 putting all these title matches on Dynamite and Rampage and whatnot. Cool, fine, but those guys deserve their own product. Those guys deserve their own show. Um, so he needs to get that deal done, like you said, ASAP. Um, and it is taking away from the actual AEW roster too. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of guys and girls who aren't getting a shine. Because, I mean, it's it's an unfortunate, like, sign of the times. Until Ring of Honor gets that TV deal, this is the only way Tony's going to be able to give it exposure. Yeah. So I could, see, I could see it, but it needs to get done soon. I mean, I, I love Dalton Castle. He's getting a shot at the yeah. ROH World title on Dynamite, next Dynamite. Oh, man, I mean, I, it could easily be someone on the AEW roster, but that's kind of like that predicament they're in. They want to keep these guys, like, they, they want to keep them relevant because when they do get the TV deal, it's just going to be an easier transition to, well, they were on Dynamite, I knew who they are. Yeah. But if you're a hardcore wrestling fan like a lot of people are who like AEW, they're probably going to know a lot of these names anyway. So yeah. that's just my thing on it. But anything else for AEW? Uh, I mean, to be honest, for me, again, another up and down week. I wasn't too amazed by what they did. They did a lot of good. But, I mean, what do you think? Uh, I think it was the best Rampage in a very long time. That's Dynamite <laughs> was, eh. I didn't enjoy Dynamite, but Rampage was actually pretty good, I thought. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Uh, Dylan, uh, do you want to go to the WWE news? All right, you got to strap in. I got a lot to break down here. All right, so I'll give you 60 minutes. Yeah. <sighs> this is going to be the whole <laughs> show right here. We're not even yeah. doing the main yeah. <laughs> I didn't even right. get to the indies. Yeah. All right, let's go to Raw. I'm going to do some of this quick stuff first, and then we have a lot to talk about. Oh, um, Dexter Loomis, as expected, did crash the Miz's birthday celebration. Uh, the Miz goes to open a present. There's Loomis's head. Um, very entertaining stuff. So Reigns funny. Up gonna, uh, Dexter Loomis stabs the giant exercise balls, which were supposed to be the Miz's balls. This joke is still going. Uh, my favorite part of the segment was the crowd was like, eat the cake, eat the cake, and Dexter proceeds to cut himself a slice and and eat the cake uh let's be honest i would have devoured that cake i don't know about you but oh dude that that cake wouldn't have lasted (laughs) (laughs) um we did get a sit down interview with byron saxon and damage control in which bailey just simply stared at the camera while dakota kai and eos guy did all the talking this led to a match between bailey and candace LeRae, in which candace LeRae gets the win by a surprise roll-up good uh, Rey Mysterio defeats Chad Gable in singles action uh, via pinfall after the 619. Uh, Judgment Day comes out. 
Dominic did everything he could to get Ray to fight him, basically. Slapped him. Um, Rhea pins him to the ropes. Dom hits a uh, 619. I thought the segment was very well done, and Ray looks completely broken. Yeah. Um, and I thought I thought the segment was very well done. Dominic might be the most hated guy in WWE right now. I know. And I think he is eating it up. He is yeah. working the heel character super, super well. Uh, Johnny Gargano defeated Austin Theory via pinfall with the one final beat. Uh, in the opening segment of Raw, <laughs> Sami Zayn told Jay Uso that he needed to be more cool and to act more Usy. <laughs> and then got upset and then Matt Riddle comes out and then <laughs> Sami Zayn I, I don't know why they they started saying the word yeet over and over um and Riddle said it and Sami was like only the bloodline gets to say yeet you don't get to say yeet um this led to a uh a, the main event of the show which was Matt Riddle versus Sami Zayn in which Riddle did pick up the pinfall um Jay refused to help Sami even though Jimmy tried, this was after Roman's orders of, Hey, you better let Sammy win. You have to help him win. Uh, Sammy wouldn't let Jay interfere. So Jay said, fuck it. And then after he lost, he was like, he said he had it. He said he had it. What do you mean? What, what do you want me to do? I thought that was a very well done yeah, segment. Very well done. All right. Let's get to some of the big stuff that happened on raw. Okay. Yeah. So after the judgment day beat down on Rey Mysterio, uh, Finn Balor gets on the mic And he says, now that Edge is out of the way, now that Beth Phoenix is out of the way, he wanted to talk to Uncle Alan, which is AJ Styles. So out comes AJ. And AJ basically said, you know, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of hiding. I look around. I'm all alone. I need friends. You go where your friends are. And he gives Balor a hug. And Balor's stoked. He seemingly joins the Judgment Day, right? He said, well, I wasn't talking about you. And out come the good brothers. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows make the return to WWE. Huge pop. Huge pop. Setting up a massive brawl between the Judgment Day, uh, Balor, Priest, and Mysterio, and the OC, which I'm assuming is what they're going to be called again. That's what commentary kept saying over and over. Um, This is going to be war games. I mean, let's be honest. They're going to find some fourth female member. I think that's what's going to happen. Oh, so you... Well, okay. I, I'm I'm very interested to see what you think because I, I don't think they add the females. Oh, so, I mean, what? So you think it's just really three on three? No, I I. I how are you not going to have Ray in that feud? Right, like this whole yeah. thing is between Dominic and Ray. Ray has to be on the OC side, right? Well, then you'd have to give uh, Judgment Day a fourth member, and if you're not exactly, gonna put well, in it... here's here's the thing: you got to mm-hmm. go back to your friends. So maybe Fair. Balor pulls somebody from the bullet club or someone that he has worked with. I'm not saying, you know, I know you're not the biggest fan of this guy. I would love to see juice Robinson in WWE. That would be the perfect partner for the judgment day. Just in a one-off. Could you imagine those eight in war games? That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. So there was a U.S. title match scheduled between Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins. Yep. Bobby comes to the ring first. And before Seth could come out, well, Bobby gets on the mic and he's like, come on, Seth, bring it, you know, typical babyface stuff. And before Seth can come out, out comes Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar proceeds to beat the living hell 
out of Bobby Lashley. Dude, hits he with, did. Hits him with two F5s, hits him with a German suplex, locks him in the Kimura. Then we cut to commercial, come back from commercial. Bobby's still being tended to by doctors. And then out comes Seth Rollins. Referees are like, hey, he's not he's not able to compete. He's too beat up. And Seth Rollins like, look at my fucking ribs. Like, I'm all taped up. I'm beat up. This match is supposed to happen. No, no, we're going to have it happen. So he's calling Bobby a coward, saying he's letting down his fans, letting down the U.S. title, letting down the country, which, for those who don't know, Bobby's a proud uh, vet of the U.S. Army. Uh, so Bobby gets in the ring, and Seth Rollins defeats Bobby Lashley after a couple stops and is the new United States champion. <sighs> Raw was something. Yeah. Oh, oh, and we got a really entertaining DX segment throughout the show. They kicked off the show talking about Cox and then basically just thanked the fans. That I was mean, a lot of fun. Uh, very quick on the U.S. title. I think, I think it was the only thing that they could have done with this. Yeah. Um, obviously, Brock and Bobby is going to happen at Saudi. That, yeah. That's a match oh, that yeah, probably yeah. the Prince wanted. Brock's a big draw, so he's going to want him in there. It's It does not need to be for the title, so that is why they put it Perfect. on Rollins. Yeah, it's it's the it's the perfect situation. Yeah, perfect. I thought it, I thought it was the perfect setup. Um, I think Rollins will do great with the U.S. title to further legitimize that belt. Um, and like you said, I mean, they're clear cut. Uh, Byron talked to Bobby after the match. They had a backstage interview, and Bobby's like, "I'll get to Seth later. I still got unfinished business with him, obviously, with the U.S. title." But then he called Brock Lesnar a bitch, um, and it basically all but confirmed that that match will happen at Crown Jewel. In the beginning of November. All right. Let's move on to SmackDown, which I saw what you put on Twitter. You said it's one of the best SmackDowns you've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Let's get to it. So we kick off the show with a off-screen car crash. Um, and then McIntyre is beating the living hell out of Karrion Cross. <sighs> we also see Rey Mysterio go up to Triple H. And he says he can't handle what's going on with him. And Dominic Mysterio, he says it's getting to him too much, and he refuses to ever fight Dominic. Um, and he, he quits WWE, tells Triple H, I can't do it anymore, I'm done. I'm done. Tries to walk away. Apparently they have a meeting, and Triple H convinces him to stay. Rey Mysterio is now an active member of the SmackDown roster, and is actually carrying Cross's replacement in a fatal four-way match to crown the number one contender for the IC title. It was originally going to be Ricochet, Sheamus, Solo, Sokoa, and Karrion Cross. Cross now unable to compete. Rey Mysterio takes the spot and ultimately wins the Fatal 4-Way match, setting up a match between him and Gunther. Talk about a clash of styles. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Rey mm-hmm. is a classy, classy vet in the ring, and Gunther is by far one of the best in WWE right now. That'll be a very fun clash of styles, I think, when that match happens. Uh, Sami Zayn also defeated Kofi Kingston via pinfall. Uh, Braun Strowman defeated two local competitors and then out came MVP and Omos, yep. setting up a potential match between the two biggest guys in WWE. At Size wise. Yeah. Most, yeah, definitely at Saudi. Um, LA Knight defeated Mansois. <laughs> Stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> defeated so- Mansois. And then he shunned the fans in New Orleans and then put the WWE roster on notice saying that he's coming back for more, basically. Yep. Um, 
We got a pretty entertaining match by Legado de, del Fantasma and Hit Row, in which Legado did pick up the victory. Damage Control defeated Roxanne Perez, who made her WWE main roster debut, uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi Blackheart in six-woman tag action. Okay, let's get to some of this big stuff here. Yep. So what everyone wanted to see, what was announced on Raw before, is that Bray Wyatt would be making his return in ring to SmackDown in person, not, not a match or anything. So, Bray Wyatt cuts a promo, and it was very real. Um, I'm sure you caught it. I'm sure you remember it. Um, he basically he, he, he referenced his WWE release. Um, he basically said that he lost his job. He lost people close to him, obviously hinting at Brody. Um and he tried to run away. He tried to hide. He tried to get away from wrestling. And it was the fans who, no matter how hard he tried to hide, they would always find him and tell him how much they loved him. Because we all do. He gets in the ring very emotional, almost in tears. He wanted to thank everyone. And he said that the fans saved his life and that every time he tried to run away, they found him. Um, it was a very, very well done segment. And then the lights go out and there's a dark figure on the screen, over the broadcast. And it's the same figure that we saw that interrupted Raw. It's the same figure that was on the TV um, at Extreme Rules. It's the same mask that Wyatt took off when he returned at Extreme Rules. So definitely hinting at somewhat of a uh, double personality. Yep, split uh, personality. A, a, yep. a split personality. Maybe we're going to get a more yep. grounded, real-life uh, Wyndham Rotunda. Maybe not Bray Wyatt necessarily. I mean, he's going by Bray Wyatt, but a real life version of him. And then there's still this very sinister version of him too. Uh, there's still rumors down the line that there's going to be a Wyatt six um, faction of sorts, which is a lot of rumors on who those names might be. We're not going to get into that right now. Uh, still too soon. Um, and Bray Wyatt also has new music. So a lot to unravel, but I want to start with the Bray Wyatt stuff. What did you think of his promo getting a little more personal and not as cryptic? Most Bray Wyatt promos are very cryptic. Um, oh, he's it, very, very straight to the point and very emotional. I think it was the only thing he could have done. He just yeah. needed to be him, and he he's putting over that split personality already is what he's doing. Yeah. Like, you see the lights go out. You see that thing on the screen. Like, you, what they're doing so well in WWE is they're, they're wanting to watch the next episode. Because you you just you don't want to miss anything. You don't want to see the journey that they're going to go on. And unlike Vince's, you know, Raw and SmackDown, you could miss three of them and be okay. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. you can't miss anymore. Like you, you got to be on top because you want to see all these clues on what they're hinting. Personally, I would like to see him in that stable soon. Yeah. Um. I I think they shouldn't put him in singles right away. Put him in that stable. Have him be the leader. Now I'm not saying he doesn't have he doesn't wrestle. But just have him in that stable, let others thrive off his popularity, and yeah. then you shoot him up by himself. But uh, I thought it was very well done. I thought SmackDown was great. The Legato Del Fantasma stuff with Hit Row, it, it's leading to something. I think it's going to be leading to a possible Hit Row heel turn at some point. Um, I, I just liked everything about the show. So, Yeah, I thought, I thought WWE hit a home run. 
with their uh, with their programs this week. I thought Raw was great. I thought SmackDown was great. Um, and that's just been a consistent thing that we've seen since Triple H has taken over. Like you said, it makes you want to watch the next episode where, to be honest, that didn't used to be a thing. You could you could skip them week to week. Remember, I used to tell you, I only used to watch the, the YouTube clips. Like, I thought three hours of Raw was unbearable. Oh, it was. Now it's now it's must see. I'll stay up late. I don't care. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I've I've been skipping. Kyle, look for those who don't know. Kyle and I are huge football fans. Kyle, I've been skipping Monday Night Football. Yeah, me too. And, uh, and there's been a lot of good games. That Raiders yeah. game was great, but Raw is Raw is on top on top of its game right now. It's it's yeah. it's hard to skip. You feel yeah. bad for skipping. And so is SmackDown. SmackDown is great too. But yeah, um. That's it for the WWE news. Um, we're going to segue to the indies. So, uh, Dylan, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. This week we'll highlight Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling based out of Central Florida. Dylan, have you heard of it? I The name actually sounds familiar. I feel okay. like I have. All right. Well, uh, let's get into this. Mm-hmm. I'll be talking about episode 90 and 91 because the episodes are pretty short. We started with Axe Clover defeating L. Ridiculous ridiculoso i believe his name is it's very hard to pronounce but uh, with a deep six an rpj beat christopher source with an inverted cutter over to episode 91 west briscoe beat tony devito after spearing him through a wood board however in the main event for the fwf tag team titles brian myers and captain joe shoes take on mosh and dylan's guy gangrel <laughs> <laughs> the, the champions were in complete control with many submissions on Myers. King Girl gets tagged in and delivers big strikes at the challenger. Mosh later in the match even chokes Myers, just doing whatever it takes to keep the titles. Myers gets the tag to the captain, who builds momentum. In the end, with the help from Matt Cardona on the outside, the challengers were able to get the upper hand and win the tag titles. Very fun match. The crowd was on fire for this from start to finish, capping off two great episodes. My MVP goes to Wes Briscoe. He has a very creative moveset and the potential to move up to a big promotion one day, full-time. So go check out ARW on Fight TV, with my MVP being Wes Briscoe, and uh, they are located in Central Florida. A lot of very, very recognizable names on that card. Brian yeah. Myers, Gang Grill, Wes Briscoe. A lot of good stuff. Uh, we'll be sure to tag both the promotion and Kyle's MVP on social media like we do every single week. Uh, so you guys can give them a like and a follow. But like I said, it sounds like you may already recognize some of those names. So uh, yeah, Absolutely. A lot of good stuff going there. What's the name of the promotion one more time? Uh, Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling, ARW. Cool. Good stuff. You guys have oh. to check them out. All right. Let's uh, segue to a Dylan with this day in history. Oh, yeah. So we are recording this episode on October 15th. So all of these dates will be October 15th. Are you ready? Yep. All right. October 15th, one of Kyle's favorite matches. Uh, Pedro Morales retained the WWF World Heavyweight title in a Texas death match against Stan Stasiak at a house show in Madison Square Garden. Uh, you actually had to break curfew to go to that show, right? I did. Yeah. yeah. Dad was very mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 1994, Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck retained the ECW Tag Team titles. Whipwreck? Uh, (laughs) Shane Douglas retained the ECW uh, heavyweight title. This was at an ECW house show in Pennsylvania. 
All right. In 2004, Samoa Joe retained the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight title against Rocky Romero at ROH Gold in Dayton, Ohio. Also, there was a six-person tag team main event between Ace Steel, CM Punk, and Jimmy Jacobs as they faced the team of Alex Shelley, Austin Aries, and Jack Evans. In 2005... At Ring of Honor Buffalo Stampede, Brian Danielson successfully defended the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight title against Steve Carino in the main event. Also, Nigel McGuinness defended the Ring of Honor Pure title against Samoa Joe and Abyss. Alex Shelley and Jimmy Rave faced Austin Aries, Jack Evans, and Roderick Strong in a no-disqualification uh, six-man tag match. Okay, sorry. Abyss teamed with Alex yeah. Shelley and Jimmy Rave. I, I read knew that, that wrong. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in 2006, there was a Raw taping that took place in Los Angeles. Uh, the wording kind of threw me off here for a second. Uh, Randy Orton and Edge opened the show impersonating Degeneration X. I don't know if you've seen this segment. Um, seeing <laughs> seeing Randy Orton in Chaps doing the the Shawn Michaels pose and then acting like his back hurt. Um, Edge choked on water and he had a big prosthetic nose on impersonating triple h this was hilarious uh rated rko one of the most underrated tag teams i think of all time and i thought this feud was actually pretty cool um also jeff hardy defended the intercontinental championship against this is a fatal four-way match (laughs) a defended against chris (laughs) masters shelton benjamin and super crazy wow very random. <laughs> in 2007, Kurt Angle defeated Sting to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Yep. And Christian Cage defeated Samoa Joe at an impact taping. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to 2012. Raw ran from Nashville. After weeks of speculation, CM Punk's opponent for the WWE Championship at the upcoming Hell in a Cell pay-per-view was confirmed to be Ryback. This storyline was John Cena was hurt. He was having elbow surgery or something like that. Uh, someone needed to replace him. Punk thought he was going to get the night off. Turns out he wasn't. And Ryback, who was undefeated doing his Goldberg stuff at the time, was named the replacement. I was also, very, I was very shocked Ryback didn't win. I kind of was too. Um, but also, that was during an era where Punk was my guy, so I wasn't mad about. Yeah. It. No, I, I mean I wasn't either. I just just shocked that Vince didn't put the title on him. Hundred percent. Also, today is the birthday of Kyle's favorite wrestler, uh, Just Incredible. Hey, Justin Cobble's great. So, hey, uh, <laughs> I, hey, I told you I went through a stretch where I was just watching old ECW pay per views. That motherfucker could go. Oh, yeah. Lie. Yeah, absolutely can go. Good stuff. But, uh, is, is that it for the uh, this game yeah. history? Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Just incredible, man. He, what a what a great wrestler. He actually is a great wrestler. Like, he I'm is. not even joking. He's, he he's good. Very stupid ring name, but a great wrestler. Hey, <laughs> I would want my ring name to be just incredible as well. That's anyway. True. Uh, Dylan, are you ready for the top five power ranking segment? Yes, sir. feel like I have a good list this week, so let's uh, get into it. Number five goes to WWE NXT's Roxanne Perez. What a week for the 20-year-old Dylan as she is in this ongoing feud with Cora Jade on NXT. On SmackDown, she picked Raquel Gonzalez to face Cora Jade on Tuesday, but was in a six-woman uh, tag. Uh, tagging with her Raquel and Shotzi to face damage control. The former ROH Women's Champion had great showing. I thought her and EO had great chemistry. She was slugging out with Dakota, but her stuff with Bailey is just huge for getting fans familiar with her already. I hope her run in NXT is short because she is ready to be on the main roster now. 
She is very talented and already very likable, so I hope she uh, gets on the main roster soon. Number four goes to Taylor Wilde. The former <laughs> Knockouts champion made her return in the Call Your Shot Battle Royal at Bat for Glory, and it looks like she hasn't messed a step in the ring. Wilde had a match on a TV taping in Albany where she defeated Mia Yim. It is unknown how long she'll be on Impact TV, but the Knockouts division desperately needs depth, so it could be a huge spark even in the short term, which would be a win-win for both parties. Number three goes to WWE's LA Knight. One of the best decisions from Triple H was going back to LA Knight and killing off his other character. That was best for business. It was so nice to hear the theme song back. And as uh, Dylan said, he got a win in a pretty competitive match, actually, against Van Sewer. Not saying the other name. <laughs> this guy has a star power written all over him. And as long as the new regime just lets him be himself, Knight is going to be a true moneymaker for WWE. Number two goes to WWE's Dominic Mysterio. You don't always have to wrestle to make an impact, and that is exactly what Mysterio did. From his great storytelling at Extreme Rules to his role with Ray, where he slapped his father, really bringing that heat to himself is just great to watch. From a few months ago, Dylan, under Vince to now Triple H, he went from being an afterthought to being on a brawl with Carl Anderson. Imagine that. What he was doing back then, now he's with Carl Anderson. My goodness. On the mic, he's gaining confidence every week, and I cannot wait to see how he works in the ring with this new character. But my number one this week goes to Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling's Shoko Nakajima. I cannot believe the week she has had. It's just going unnoticed, but I'm here to change that. On Friday, she was able to beat Wakana in seven minutes. But the match that really put her on the radar this week was her Princess of Princess title defense against Yuka Sakazaki. This went 22 minutes and felt like it could have went a half hour. This was an absolute barn burner with both women showing their athleticism and proving how good they are in the ring. She unfortunately lost her title, but in that match, she just got such a positive reaction from the contest and cannot wait to see what's next for her. So uh, Shoko Nakajima is number one this week. Awesome, awesome stuff. I do want to point out... uh, I know you didn't make your list, but I do want to say something about Carl Anderson as well that I didn't do uh, during the rundown of the news because I didn't want to spoil anything. Um, he is the current never open weight champion, and yep. WWE is going to allow him to fulfill his obligation of wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom 17. Yes. You hear that? Mm-hmm. So he's going to be able he's going to be able to defend that title under the Vince regime. Either A, he would have been signed <laughs> afterwards, or B, he would have had to just drop the title just for the hell of it. I love the fact that Triple H is letting him fulfill that, and that's still three months out. That's yeah, not until January. So. Absolutely. And uh, New Japan was actually retweeting some stuff from WWE. Yeah. So it is, it's just great, both you know both parties, to uh, get some uh, more exposure on their side. So Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, they didn't necessarily mention it on WWE TV that he was the Openweight Champion. But Triple H allowing him to do that, New Japan retweeting some stuff, it just shows that just because you're a quote-unquote rival company doesn't mean um, that you can't have some sort of working, friendly relationship, even if you don't cross paths all the time or have a you know co-produced pay-per-view that did, sucked. But did, <laughs> did, you, um, did you catch on Friday that Michael Cole referenced championship wrestling from Hollywood? Yeah. For, uh, for LA Knight? Yep. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of uh, – they've been referencing, referencing a lot of independent stuff. They mentioned um, that Candice LeRae and Bailey were tag team partners on the independents on Raw. Yeah, I absolutely. thought that was really cool. Um, 
But uh, hey, other than that, your list was great. I didn't want to shy away from or take shine away from that, but a couple things I wanted to point yeah. out. Yeah, Roxanne, uh, she was a late addition to the list. Uh, actually, made it like two hours before uh, we uh, we did the episode. So uh, congrats to her and all of the top five this week. Yeah, but Dylan, why we're here this week? <clears throat> it is now time for our PWI top ten women's list. This will not be based on the PWI criteria. We are basically saying who we think are the top 10 most talented women in the world. Ring work, character, mic skills is considered while making this list and everything else. Another stipulation I gave is that I want it to be realistic to us. So seeing at least some of their matches, having an idea who these people are, so you just not like looking at the internet for like random, you know, random people. And then you say, okay, I'm going to put them in this list because everyone else likes them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of women in, you know, Tokyo Joshi that I don't know that I didn't put on the list because I'm not familiar with them. Uh, but with that being said, I am super excited for this. This was actually one of the episodes I've wanted to do for a very long time. Uh, so we're going to go back and forth. Um, we, we might see some debating in this episode. So I'm not Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Before you start with number 10, Dylan, mm-hmm. um, would you like to tell the audience a few honorable mentions that, I mean, just missed the cut? So, actually, someone who was on your Power 5, um, she's young, she's got a lot of growth to do, but what she's done in her young career has been great. Um, Roxanne did miss the cut, um, but I've been super impressed with what she She's um, good. Yeah, with her work in, in, in Ring of Honor as Rock, Roxy. Um, and since coming to WWE, I know the NXT stuff kind of started out a little sloppy, but then she, you know, got her footing and first off that show just isn't that great anyway, but, no. um, she, she got her footing, put on some great matches. And like I said, she did appear on the main roster this week. Hopefully that like, like you said, hopefully this leads to a main roster run. Cause I think she has a lot to offer. Yeah. Um, and as young as she is, she's only going to get better. Um, Another name that I did leave off the list, and I feel like you're going to give me some heat for it, is uh, Masha Slamovich. Yeah, she, um, she's not on mine either. So. Yeah, she didn't make my list, but man, like what a what a talent that yeah. is. Um, and like I said, much like Roxanne, she's only going to get better with time. Um, so who knows? Maybe we do this list next year. She makes the top ten for both of us. Uh, but those are two names that I wanted to point out. All right, Dylan. So uh, let's get into it. Number ten, who do you got? All right. So, number 10, I'm going to start off with a name that, quite frankly, if we would have done this list five, six months ago, probably would be much higher on the list. Um, but a lot of people have gotten some shine over the little bit. And honestly, she's kind of soured on me a little bit, but I still like what she's able to do. I'm going to go with the current real AEW Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa. Um, she's great in the ring when she actually seems to care. <laughs> Uh, she's gotten a lot of reports and a lot of criticism for being hard to work with at times, sandbagging moves and stuff like that. But when she's locked in, I think she's one of the best talents in women's wrestling, period. Um, her latest run with the title really hasn't has been kind of underwhelming, but her win over Britt uh, was a very, very good babyface moment and something that should be appreciated. Um the fans love her. There's something about her. She has that it factor. Um, she's pretty good on the mic. She's great in the ring. Um, I would just clean up a little bit of maybe some of the attitude stuff, but all that aside, Thunder Rose is a great talent. I put her in at number 10. And she's, you know, she has her own vlog on YouTube where she yeah. takes other wrestlers to eat tacos, which yeah, is really she, cool. 
So, um, yeah, she took uh, in San Antonio. She took your favorite wrestler uh, to a taco truck, Danhausen. Uh, I know she also took Jeff Cobb, which is actually also one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, other one than that, real, like, one of your real favorite wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Danhausen is probably number one next week. But um, you know, I, I just want to say quickly about Thunder Rosa. She, um, I mean, her, what she's going to be known for in AW is her Brit stuff. I thought yeah. the match with Deeb was really good. Other than that, she hasn't really elevated anyone else. Um, and it's not her fault. I mean, it, it's yeah. just a lack of, you know, getting herself in promo time and backstage segments. It's really on the booking. Um, would I, did I consider her for my list? No, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, uh, I, I do see where you're coming from. She, she's pretty crisp in the ring when she needs to be, yeah. um, selling. I, I feel like she's also actually pretty good. Um, so she's definitely a pretty good option at number 10. But uh, definitely not someone I thought would make your list. So, hey, uh, yeah. All right, so let's go to mine. Honorable mentions. These two names killed me not to put on this list, and then I'll actually put two more. Um, Kyrie, or uh, Kyrie Singh, Kyrie Hojo, barely missed it. I am a huge fan of her. Uh, she just hasn't wrestled enough recently for me to put her on this list. Tom Nakano also killed me. She is absolutely incredible. Young, uh, has a great character. She's great in the ring uh, from stardom. Uh, another woman I wanted to mention, Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray is really, really good. And, um, you know, she, she has kind of like a cheesy character, but uh, her ring work definitely makes up for it. Um, but the, those, the three, I'm not, I don't want to say anymore because I don't want to spoil anything, but those mm-hmm. are the three that just missed. Yep. So number okay. 10. Mm-hmm. My number 10 is someone who is an incredible athlete and someone who has improved so much in just a few years. This might be a shocker, but my number 10 is WWE's Bianca Belair. Mm. I have her lower on the list than most, but to her credit, she's very reliable in the ring and has elevated other wrestlers in big moments. Held Becky Lynch look great a few times. She made be- uh, Sasha Banks look like an absolute star inside the ring. Yep. Um, I mean, she just elevated Sasha, and that's very hard to do. I'll, I'll give her credit. Um, a few issues with me for her and why she's number 10 character work. I know it's not all of her fault, Dylan, but it seems she's a bit one-sided with her character. I felt like her heel work in NXT and what she is now, I kind of feel like they're the same in a way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I also feel like her matches feel the exact same especially in the big title matches you know she sets off her hair goes for the kod however you cannot deny how great of an athlete she is uh being so reliable being comfortable at the top of a women's division so uh bianca's number 10 i like bianca um i don't really have much to add if i'm being honest does um, she no could we see her name later in this later in the list Maybe. That's why I don't want to say too much. Okay. Uh, why don't you go to number nine? <laughs> All right. Number nine, uh, a true vet of the business, has had a bit of an up-and-down career, but her latest run with Impact Wrestling, I think, has been pure gold. They've been running this, like, redemption angle of sorts, and she has been a million bucks. I'm talking about Mickey James. Um, Mickey James has seen a bit of a career resurgence holding, um, in 2022 alone, holding the uh, – Knockouts championship, like I said, they ran the whole, like, will she, won't she, like, retirement angle. Um, 
and now they're doing this whole redemption thing where she's basically like, if I don't win the knockouts title or whatever, I'm, I'm done for good. Um, and I thought she's been doing great. Uh, she could still go in the ring. Um, she's a true legend of the business. I mean, let's be honest. And at her age, um, given the, the wear and tear that her body has been through multiple different promotions, multiple different runs with, with many different companies, um, still being able to perform at a top level. I'm going to go at number nine with Mickey James. If this was an all-time list, I would definitely consider it for mine. Now, I just feel like there's a lot of talent in the, you know, in the mm-hmm. world of women's wrestling. So, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even consider it for my list. But uh, I, I'm not too surprised because you have liked her a lot. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm with you. Her run has been really good. Um, I don't think she's just as good in-ring as some of the people on my list, in just mm-hmm. in my opinion. But uh, definitely is a good number nine. And uh, definitely will be on a lot of all-time lists as well. Yeah. So, um, number nine. <clears throat> my number nine, like Bianca, maybe ranked lower on my list than most. But you cannot deny the high wrestling IQ and, to her credit, her athleticism. My number nine is WWE's Charlotte Flair. Mm. Women's champion, Divas champion, NXT champion, a combined 12-time world champion on the main roster. You cannot have accolades like that unless management has complete trust in you. She is a physical specimen standing at 5'10", but can do a lot of different moves in the ring. With Charlotte uh, as great as she is on the mic, I don't think playing a face is kind of her thing. No. Um, Which isn't technically a bad thing if you're one-sided, but I just feel like she's not great at it. also feel like a lot of her matches are repetitive in a way, like Bianca. Uh, you know, back to the natural selection, going for her submission finishers just a little bit too much. Maybe it's that we've seen her on top too much. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you you just can't deny, like, just the talent. Another thing, real quick, we've never really seen her in big non-title feuds, so I'm not sure how she would work a mid-card too well either. There are question marks to so why she's number nine on my left, but uh, you just cannot deny the talent. She's the whole package. And a lot of her flaws are fixable. So, uh, sure, yeah. players number nine. Yeah, she she for the women's division, she's very intimidating in stature. Like you like yes. like you said, five foot ten. Um, she's very muscular as well. Um, so she has the look that I think, especially WWE, really likes. But the look in general um, that I think is very appealing. Um, great on the mic, an amazing heel. Talk about yes. character work. I think she does great as a heel. Um, would not book her as a face probably ever again. Yeah. Um, uh, the biggest complaint with Charlotte Flair that a lot of people have is that she's been kind of force fed uh, down everyone's throat, but you can't deny the talent. The talent's yeah. there. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing that people claim. Now, every time I do this, Kyle's always like, oh, you think she's as good as this person? No, but everyone said the same thing about John Cena. Here we are 20 years later, and everyone's like, man, I wish John was still around. That'd be great. Yeah. Will that happen with Charlotte? I'm not going to lie to you. She's been gone for quite some time. You know, she got married, the honeymoon, taking some time off. Um, I'm not going to lie. I've kind of missed her. Her promos yeah. are great. Her in-ring work is, is very crisp when it needs to be. Um, I don't have a lot of bad things to say about Charlotte, if I'm being honest. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, why don't you go on uh, number eight? All right. Number eight is a name that's already been talked about on this list. I'm going to go right into it. It's Bianca Belair. Um, my complaints are about the same as what Kyle said. 
character work isn't quite there, but she has that thing that the fans just connect with. Um, the background, the story, she's a freak athlete. Um, she has the look. Um, her moveset is very innovative. Sometimes, like you said, her matches can get kind of stale and repetitive. But overall, I can't remember the last time I've seen a bad Bianca Belair match. Like, do you remember? I mean, just awful? I, no. I don't think I don't, so. I, I don't think they exist. I think she's a very consistent worker. Some matches are better than others. Um, I think it all depends on who she's working with. Uh, like yep. you said, her stuff with Becky, as much as we were like, oh, my God, is this over yet? I thought their SummerSlam stuff was great, and her and Becky put on a hell of a show um, for, the, for the run that they had. Um, and her stuff with Bailey recently, I think, has been great. So I'm going to put Bianca here at number eight. There's still work to do character-wise. I liked her heel stuff in NXT a little more. Um, but as a babyface, it connects with the crowd. People love it. I'm a fan. I'm going to go number eight. Yeah, I, I think that eight to ten range um, is going to be lower than most. But um, I, I think that's where she personally belongs. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely to see interested to see what our listeners think of the list. And maybe they'll make their own as well. <laughs> so, uh, Dylan, are you ready for my number eight? Yes, sir. My number eight has had ups and downs in her wrestling career, but she sets the bar so high, especially through her ring work. This is somebody I talk very highly of, so it's going to be a little bit lower on the list than you might expect. This goes to AEW's Serena Deeb. She doesn't wow anyone on the mic, but that professor gimmick is just so good when used properly, along with her heel character. There are a few... Very few wrestlers that have the ring psychology and awareness like Deeb to go along with her technical wrestling. That is incredible. One minute she can work the knee, and it's it's just not one move. It's multiple moves targeting the same body part. I love yeah. it. The way Deeb can just target a limb over and over, like I said, but just to do it in an entertaining fashion, it's very hard. She's also decently powerful, delivering power bombs, and can adapt to any style. Former six-time OVW Women's Champion helping carry that division. Her ring work is so great that she ranks higher to me than some who are better on the mic than her. She's just so fun to watch. So uh, Serena Deep's number eight. I'm very shocked she's not in your top five. You have been singing her praises for a very long time. But yeah, I mean, she's worthy of the list for sure. Yeah. She's, Absolutely. She's, she's great in the ring. Like you said, I wish she was better on the mic, but I mean, it's hard to hard to knock her too much with what she's capable of. Very consistent worker. All right. See you at number seven. All right. Number seven. I'm going to go with Impact's residential powerhouse. I'm going to go with Jordan Grace. Despite being one of the more powerful women's wrestlers, I think, on the planet, um, she has a very innovative moveset, too. She's very quick, and she can work with practically anyone. Uh, male, female, doesn't really matter. Uh, she puts on clean matches with everyone. I think she's only going to get better with time. She is one of the forefronts of that division. Um, personally, I'd like to see her on a bigger stage, but she's doing great stuff with Impact, so I think, you know, don't fix it if it's not broken kind of thing. I'm going to go Jordan Grace at seven. Grace is very interesting because I think her ring work ability, you could put her on any show and she would be fine. Yep. Um, her as a character worries me. Mm -hmm. um, it, I mean, if you slapped her on WWE, what would she do? What what would she do on an AEW? Now, I'm not saying she wouldn't be an upgrade, but she 100% would be. But mm -hmm. what would be her role? I would have to really sit down and think about it. Um, this is actually someone who's pretty charismatic. 
for uh, you know for how good she is in the ring. She's just super powerful, and uh, there's not a lot of people she can't go with. Um, so uh, I, I still think she needs to adapt to other styles just a tap, but she still is very good and deserving of a top 10 list. So, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Jordan Grace myself. Mm-hmm. Number seven, my number seven is someone who shined all over the globe in the Indies and landed into some matches in other companies, uh, as well in other larger companies. Um, she hasn't quite found her groove yet in her new company, but the talent is obvious, and she's just so unique. So in my number seven is WWE NXT's Blair Davenport, better known as B Priestley in uh, Pro Wrestling Eve in Stardom. She has that tough European style, so crisp inside the squared circle. She isn't someone that has a true character, but she doesn't need one because she's going to break you. Uh, she's going to break you down and simply just, simply just out-wrestle you. Wrestling ability alone, I would say, personally, I think she's top five in the world. Her standing knee strikes, kicks to the face, or picture-perfect Falcon Arrow. Just such a physical offensive approach and also an underrated seller. Now, I'm not saying she is him, but she reminds me of a female version of Kenny Omega. Mm. Just on their movesets and how they run the ropes. Davenport is all pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. who's uber-talented and has proved that against Emeko, uh, Momo Tanabe, Miyu Itani. She even had a banger with Will Ospreay. So uh, number seven goes to uh, B. Priestley or now uh, Blair Davenport. Yeah, I like what she's done. Um, and much like kind of what we've been saying, um, there's room for improvement, but I think the improvements will be made. Um, and she's only going to get – she's only going to become a bigger star, Yeah, I think. All right, what number are we on? Six. All right, number six is where Kyle's going to groan. So everyone bear with me. I'm going to try and get through this as quick as I can. Uh, number six is Britt Baker for me. Oh. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was wow. coming. Number right. six? Yes. Ooh. Yes. Don't worry. I'll redeem it with the top five here. Um, <laughs> I wanted to put Britt in my top five. Kyle knows that. I think Kyle was kind of expecting it. But the ring work just isn't quite there. Um, I think the character work is, is a million bucks. She makes a great heel. Uh, the DMD stuff works great. I think she can improve in the ring. Um, but she is like AEW's golden girl. Yes. Um, she's been one of the four, arguably one of the four pillars since the company started. Um, the crowd seems to love her. They've probably soured on her a little bit recently. Um, but it's, it's, I know Kyle doesn't like her, but man, it's, it's, it's hard to knock what she's done. She really helped establish the AEW's women's division, even though it's in shambles right now. Um, but her, her, her feud with Thunder Rosa, like you said, Thunder and, and Britt are going to be tied forever. I think their, their careers will always be linked to each other. Character work is there. I just wish she was crisper in the ring, a little better in the ring, but she has a lot of good moments. She hits a very good Canadian to shore when she wants to, um, or a Panama sunrise. Um, but yeah, I'm going to put Britt at six, and I'm going to let Kyle uh, take the floor and roast me. For it. Well, here's the thing. like, it, It's hard to argue what she's done for AEW because that that is their number one in the women's yeah. division. And, uh, you know, she's been very reliable for them. I thought her early character work, like with, with Big Swole of all people, I thought that was really, really good. When she was tied with Shivani, she was in the wheelchair with, uh, with Rebel. I thought that was really, really well done. I've soured on the character now a little bit. 
Um, I, I'm just not I, – I don't know what to think about, like, when the fans are chanting a heel faction and they're chanting for Jamie Hayter over Britt. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know how to feel about that. But um, Britt in the ring, I think she does need a decent amount of work just because I think uh, she has the Bianca issue. I think a lot of her matches – look the same and they feel mm-hmm. the same so she just needs to understand that i think her hardcore stuff is the best stuff she's yeah. ever done yeah. so i hope she does a little bit more of that in aw so uh i'm personally not excited about her and soraya um but that's definitely a match that's gonna be probably it's gonna bigger be, well it's, it's gonna be pushed to the moon <laughs> it's gonna be bigger than their world champion which yeah. isn't a great look but uh you know the talent there's something to work with. I could easily name 20 names that I think would be better than her, but I, I knew she was going to be on the list. So uh, Britt at six yeah. is not shocking. But, did you um, did you think she would be outside the top five? For me? I thought I thought she was going to be seven. Okay. So I I, I thought uh, it was going to be right. I thought you were going to have Bianca in like the top four. So no. I'm I'm already kind of waiting to see what you do. Um, I think I think you'll like my top five. Or yeah. Uh, I absolutely love my, we're going to have a lot of the same names in the top five. Yep. Let me just say that. My number six, my number six has been wrestling for about 20 years now. And to this day continues to be one of the most charismatic wrestlers in any company. This might be a little low. This goes to WWE's Asuka. If this was 2017, she would be number one by a very wide margin. She mm-hmm. is so vibrant, and don't let that fool you because she can still rip your head off. She dominated NXT, but even now on the main roster, she carried a match between Bianca and Becky, which isn't easy doing at age 41. My favorite aspect about her ring work is her striking game, mm-hmm. one of the best swinging backfists that you'll ever find. And she can definitely awaken crowds from her character, plus her moveset. Now, she cannot always sell like she used to, and currently... You know, I don't know how she would do in, like, this big blood feud just because of her personality so vibrant and she's very likable. Mm-hmm. She's still phenomenal, can carry younger talent at times, and still can be at the top of any women's division, super smooth inside the ring. Asuka is number six. It's funny that you bring up Asuka and you say all these positive things because I'm going to just dive right into it. Number five for me is Asuka. <laughs> um Basically, just copy and paste what Kyle said. Um, she's been doing this for a very long time, and she's doing it at a high level for a very long time. Um, at her age, still one of the best workers in the ring. Um, but also, like you said, if this list was a couple years old, she'd probably be number one or number two. Um, I think she's dipped in production a little bit. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily fully a booking thing. I know we're not factoring booking into this list, but... Um, I think there are aspects of the game that she couldn't prove on, but also, I mean, she kind of speaks for herself. You know, yeah. she's 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 a legend at this point, and uh, her NXT run is going to be, you know, no one's going to top that. I don't think she had to relinquish the title; she didn't lose the title. It's something yep. you like to bring up all the time, um, and she could put on a good match with anyone. I saw that match in person with Bianca and Becky, and. She was the best part of the match. And I, yeah. I, I just raved about how much I liked what Bianca and Becky did with each other. Um, and Asuka was by far the best one of that, uh, that triple threat. So uh, I'm going to go Asuka at five. First one of the top five. Remember, uh, Dylan said that Paige had more of an impact than NXT than Asuka. 
Yeah, well, I, I just want to. I just want to. I just want to put that out there. Now, I, I understand what she did, but it wasn't just her. It was Summer Ray. It was Emma. And you look at Oscar. Ah, well, that's conversation for another day. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, my number five. My number five is someone who defies adjusting to styles because she can wrestle anyone in the world and produce a banger. This might be again a little lower than. You think maybe for this person, my number five is AEW's Hikaru Shida. Wrestling in Ice Ribbon to TJPW to AEW, she can make a feud with anyone and make it must watch. The former RCW Women's Champion can be the reason why AEW's women's can be division can be so good. They just don't utilize her. Shida does not have a lot of weaknesses and just listen to the crowd. She's stupid over. This is one of the few in the world who can overcome the bad booking. Look at her wrestling ability. Dropkicks, knee strikes. She can bring that aggressive approach from stardom. Uh, Sheeta can also do that deadlift suplex over the top rope with some woman. It's just insane how strong she is. I love how she doesn't wait for someone to attack. She is the attacker. And I love how stiff her moves look. She's not the athlete like Bianca, but someone who checks every box and has quietly carried the AEW's women's division, which hasn't been great. She can hold a title or can chase for a title. She's so good. Her aggressive mentality is good enough to put her in the top five. She's an absolute megastar. Hikaru Shida is number five. <laughs> oh, boy. We got to quit doing this, Kyle. What? Because my number four is Hikaru Shida. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the stuff that she did with, with uh, what she did with Serena Deeb. I thought that was one of the best women's feuds I've seen in a very long time. Um, her in-ring work is, I mean, you kind of already laid it out for me, so I don't really have much to say. No, yeah. I'm Um, a big fan. That's why I went super in-depth. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) these last two, Kyle's kind of made it easy on me. I don't have to go into too much explanation because he already said it, but I mean, it, 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 her in-ring work, I mean, it speaks for itself. Um, she's still the longest reigning AEW women's champion in history. Granted. She didn't defend it a whole lot because Tony Khan doesn't know how to book his women's division, even though it's super talented. I mean, look at the roster. Um, but yeah, she's great. She's great. Kyle um, is the one who more or less introduced me to her. Um, so a lot of that, I'm going to credit to him, my love for her anyway. But I'm going to put Sheeta at four. Okay, I, this is definitely going to end because I know you don't have this person at three. Yeah. So that is perfect. So, yeah. and, and I love Sheeta. Um, my number four. Uh, my number four will not be a mini list, but just seeing how fluid she is and how you can see her personality throughout her wrestling deserves a spot on a top ten list. So num- my number four goes to Stardom's Siuri. Dylan, did you know she's been in over 80 matches this year? And remember, <laughs> most of them have been in stardom, so beyond 15, 20 minutes. Right. Incredible endurance and absolute workhorse. The best way to put it with Siuri is she's Siuri and no one else. The confidence <laughs> oozes off her because she just knows how great she is. One intangible that people don't bring up in wrestling enough is quickness. She's so quick from move to move, always in the correct positioning. It's just the little things with her. She's so much more than her in-ring work leading to uh, leading God's eye stable. Pretty sure I, most of her matches have been four-plus stars, including the Meltzer, who's a big fan of the show. 
Uh, more so than just her moveset. I love the way she reverses moves, puts herself in a perfect spot uh, to see an opening, and then kick her opponent's teeth out. Clean, quick, smart. Just three words to uh, separate Siuri uh, from everyone else. So uh, Stardom's product is number four. Well, Kyle, it's funny you say... I'm kidding. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've... I've seen a little bit of her stuff. Hey, you told me to make this list our own, so I'm not, I'm not going to lie. She's not on my list because um, you wanted me to be realistic and not read the internet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, you would have had nine stardom girls in the top ten. Exactly. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I probably wouldn't have. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a name that I'm a little familiar with. I, want, I personally haven't seen much um, – so it's 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 a name that I want to dig into more. You bring her up quite a bit. So um, like I said, hey, if I if I look up some more stuff, maybe we do this list next year. She's on my list. So um, but yeah, cool, good stuff. All right, number three. Number three. All right, this is where we're down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, this is big here. I love this my is, three. So this is big. All right, number three. It's a name that's already been set on this list. So I don't have much to say or much to add. I'm going to go with WWE's Charlotte Flair. Um, oh, that's high. That I knew I high. knew you would think that's high, but I think you'll like my top two. Um, I knew you'd think that that's high, but like I said, she makes one of the best heels, not just in women's wrestling, but in, in wrestling, I think. Um, she's incredible on the mic. One of the best talkers I've seen in women's wrestling, period, ever. Um, and – you know, like I said, her ring work, it's its smooth, it's crisp. Some of it is repetitive, I get that, but she's been involved in a lot of big moments. Um, not just, just wrestling matches, but, you know, she was part of the rise of NXT. You know, people, people often say that Vince shoved Charlotte down our throats. Charlotte's a Triple H girl. Oh, uh, yeah, you haven't seen anything yet. Triple H started it, okay? Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, he put her at the forefront of that division. Um, Charlotte was one that also broke Asuka's streak. Uh, so she's been trusted with very big moments in WWE. And I think she's delivered, um, as repetitive as she can get. Um, I think the queen gimmick is, is great. Um, I can't, I don't really have much to add. You've already talked about her a little bit, but I'm going to go Charlotte at number three. I mean, interesting, uh, a little bit higher than I would personally have her at, but, um, the talent is there. I, I think if she worked, a little bit of her flaw. Her her flaws are very fixable, so she <laughs> can easily become top five. Um, I think very very soon. So that um, I, I think I know who your top two are, and I'm probably going to say one of them right now. So my number three, my number three is someone that you go out of your way to watch because she is just must see through her presentation, her ring psychology, and ring ability. Dylan, my number three is WWE's Io Shirai or Io Sky. She, dude, she has held 10 different titles, meaning wherever she goes, she instantly goes to the top. She has it all. A very good striking ability, physical aspect of her offense with German suplexes as an example, but her aerial game is so elite. Making the transition to stardom to NXT would be tough for most, but once she found that darker character and really feuded with Candice LeRae in NXT, my goodness, that was good. So mm-hmm. crisp inside the ring, the moonsault. It's just so perfect. It's got that perfect snap to it. Um, it's along with the missile drop kick. She is just so good when she's off the top rope. 
Uh, and I think she's at her best when she's at the top rope. Ring work alone, she deserves to be in the top three, but bringing more character work with damage control is only going to improve that aspect. Incredible. She really is. I could watch her matches all day long. Uh, number three goes to uh, Io Sky. I love Io Sky, but Kyle, I have to break something to you. Yep. She's not in the top two. Wow. Wow. That's probably the biggest surprise of the list outside of Brit. Not uh, I don't know. <laughs> How do you have Okay, Look, I, I, I okay, think... I, no no no, I don't know. Just Okay, what what does Mickey James do better than Io Shirai right now? You told me to make this list my own. Okay. No, 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 no. I know. I'm just. I know. I'm. I just. I just. A simple Look, question. This, this, this whole redemption angle and that character arc for Mickey James, for me anyway, is now. Better. What does she? What does she do in the ring that's better than Neo? I think she's very. I think they're both very crisp. I think they're both very clean. Dude, yes, this is Eo, even close. Eo has. Eo has the flat. Look, I knew we were. This is not even a discussion. I knew knew this would happen. This is the fucking. This is the new age outlaws thing all over again. Mickey James at nine, but Io Shirai's not in the top ten most talented women's list. I don't know about that, but uh, once you once you get in your number two. All right, I need some redemption here. So (laughs) my number two. (laughs) I love Mickey James. Yeah, better than Io. Sounds like Mm. sounds like it. Better than Neo Sarai. Hey, I don't know about that. Told me to make this list my own. Okay, okay, I did All that. Right. But I, I followed. I followed your fucking criteria. Okay. No, I, anyway. at the end we're gonna need more examples to how she's better than Neo Sarai. But go on. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go number two here. I think we have the same number two. Maybe we'll see. I don't yep. know. I'm clearly throwing curveballs at you. No, I, I know we have the same number two. I, I, All would, right. I'm pretty confident. My number two. She's only been wrestling for about a decade, and her her yep. work across the independents, her court, her her work in Ring of Honor, AAA, uh, Impact is it, I mean it speaks volumes. Uh, at number two, I'm going to go Diano Perrazzo. Um, she's only 28 years old, so there's still there's still so much room for growth. Um, in her short career so far, like I said, she's only been doing this for about a decade. Um, she's a four-time champion in three different promotions. Um, she was a former uh, AAA, what's it called, Queen Queen of Queens? Yeah. Um, yeah, their women's title. Uh, she's a former Ring of Honor women's title. She's a two-time knockouts champion. I personally put her at the forefront of the knockouts division right now. Um, I think she's the face of that brand, much like Britt is probably the face of the AEW brand, even though she may not be the best. Um to me, she is one of WWE's biggest ball drops. Um, she was part of the mass cuts during the COVID stuff. Um, but she's a name that I think if she were to hit the free market, Triple H would snatch her up in a heartbeat. I think she would instantly improve the women's division. Not saying it needs a ton of work, but she, she, she would make instant impact, I think. And she'd go right to the top of the card. Um, and like I said, she's only going to get better. Um, and she's already great. So I'm going to go Deanna at two. Um Thing with Deanna, she's very good in the ring. She's very crisp in her movesets. She can sell. Uh, she has a technical game. She has a brawling game. She got pretty much has it all. Yeah. Um, doesn't get too loud of reaction from the fans that I have personally noticed. Um, I think her mic work also needs some work. But um, she's not on my list. 
I'm going to be completely honest with you. What? How are you going to? I'm kidding. And then she's, she's actually not in my top 15. Wow. But, no, actually, she is number 15. Actually, she is in my top 15. But, thing with uh, Deanna, I think there's just a little bit more to grow. I worry about her being a forefront in a WWE. Would she be over someone like a Bianca? Would she be over someone like Charlotte? We'd have to see. I, I think there's definitely somewhere to grow for her. But uh, I definitely knew she was very, very high on the list. But uh, interesting. Interesting. I love her. Um, number two. This person I could see not being in some top, top ten list because they worry about her lack of character. Then she's the most believable woman in women's wrestling today. Or just in the whole industry, probably. Uh, my number two is WWE's Shayna Baszler. You want to, you know, know what her character is? It's being a badass and breaking bones. She's legit terrifying in the ring with her MMA background. There's not a hold she's not familiar with and or doesn't know how to reverse it. At 42 years old, she could step in the ring with anyone, any style, and still perform at the highest level. Joint manipulation, that cure for you to clutch, that Kimura lock. She just understands how to be that perfect technical wrestler who can deliver kicks in a perfect gut wrench suplex. She was trained by Josh uh, Barnett and wrestled in stardom. Shayna is just an entire package, and she has so much knowledge of everything. Her promo against Becky Lynch after Mania, uh, after she lost that Mania, uh, proved that she does have mic skills. Does it need work? Yes, but there's definitely something there with the mic skills. We just don't see her like many like her because she's good at everything. She can wrestle a Rhea Ripley, Kerosene, EO, LaRae, Liv Morgan. Just doesn't matter because of how technically skilled she is. Incredible worker, someone who has been a favorite of mine since you know she really made the transition to pro wrestling. Shayna Baszler, number two. I love what Shayna does. Um absolutely do. She's not my number one. I'm gonna just tell you right now. She's not on your list. No, she's not on my list. I'm sorry. Wow. Buddy. So you Look, think Mickey James is better than Shannon Baszler? Listen, I would need I would need to know examples I, on that. Later. I am here to be the Vince Russo of this show. I'm here to ruffle feathers. I'm kidding. Um, look, I don't know. There, like as much as I love Shayna, there's something about Mickey that I've always been like attached to from a kid to now. I know you said, well, that's more of a legacy pick. It is. I love I I, I love what she's doing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by it. Anyway, I'm going to go number one here. Hopefully this, this, this makes you a little happier. You're going to say it's too high, but I don't care. I love what she does. And to be honest, this is your fault um, for her being number one because I became a huge fan of this wrestler because of you, to okay. be honest. Okay. One of the best, I think, one, if, if not the best, technical wrestler in women's wrestling. Uh I'm going to go Serena Deeb at number yeah. one. No, she I can is, definitely see it. Yeah. She is my favorite women's wrestler on the planet right now. Um, and that's thanks to you. Her, her run with Sheeta, her run with Rosa. It's a shame that she is not the women's champion right now. You and I both said um, she, she should have had the belt by now. She should have the belt. Let's be she honest. She should have beat Rosa. Yeah. 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 I think she should have beaten Rosa. Um, she's not the flashiest. She's not. She's not going to garner all the headlines. She is not what the mainstream wrestling fan, I think, wants. 
because her moveset is not super flashy, much like Shayna Baszler. She doesn't do flips. She doesn't do cartwheels. She doesn't do anything like that. She is simply, I'm going to out-wrestle you, I'm going to outwork you, and you're just going to have to deal with it. The stuff that she's doing now and the stuff that she's capable of in the ring and how good she is in the ring, it, I sometimes, like, it's hard for me to believe that that is the, the shaved head girl from the Straight Edge Society. To see the growth that she has had in her career in general and what she's doing right now I think is a million bucks. If Tony Khan would just get his own head out of his ass, treat for one, treat AEW's women's division more legitimate, and B, push Serena Deeb the way she deserves to be pushed. I think she can wrestle with anyone. I think she can – many different styles, sizes, whatever, you name it. I think she can go toe-to-toe with basically anyone in the world right now, um, certainly anyone in AEW's division. Um, yeah, I'm going Serena Deeb at number one. Definitely surprising. I, I didn't – I was going in, it's like, who is going to be his number one? Because I, I didn't know. I was going to be honest with you. I knew it would change a little bit. But, you know, Serena is great, like I said, uh, technically sound. Um, she doesn't wow anyone on the microphone, I personally don't think. Um, her professor gimmick is good. I think mm-hmm. it's really good. Again, it's more booking as of right now. But um, she should definitely be a forefront of a women's division. Now, could she be the star? I don't know. But it's definitely a justifiable – and I'm a big deep fan. Are well, you opening it, bag of chips? No, I was drinking water. Oh. It all depends on what you want your division to be. If you want legitimacy, yeah, you're going to put a Shayna. You're going to put a Serena. You're going to put a Sheeta at the front of your division. If you want flashiness and you want, you know, what sells, yeah, that's going to be Britt. Yeah, that's going to be Charlotte. Yeah, that's going to be Soraya. Um, I personally think Serena is, is I'm going to just say it. I think she's the best women's wrestler on the planet right now. And I'm going to stick by it, and you're not going to change my mind. I wanted to send you on a roller coaster with this list, too. I wanted to make you proud and piss you off at the same time, and I think I succeeded. Uh, I love Serena. <laughs> She's not the number one wrestler in the world. I'm going to tell you who is. Okay. So my number one has only been wrestling for about four years. Oh, it's Liv Morgan. She is everything that you want in a women's wrestler. Truly... I, 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 it's hard to say, Dylan. In the history of women's wrestling, I think in in a five six year span, I think she is the most talented in that span I have personally have ever seen. Um, it's not someone that gets a lot of the shine. Uh, she was pretty high in the PWI list last year. Um, I think she's you know I love Shayna too. I think this girl is bounds and leaps ahead of everyone else. Um, it goes to Stardom's Utami Hayashista is my number one uh, in the entire world. Um, I butcher her last name a lot, but I think it is Hayashista, I think, or Hayashista, I believe so. I, I'm trying to, like, understand what commentary is saying a little bit more. Uh, in 2018, without a full year of experience, she received the Newcomer Award from her entrance with a mask and the rose. She legit gives out a rose and just kicks ass. The definition of smooth in a wrestling ring, her, her suplexes have that little just snap, like I was uh, talking about a little earlier. I've seen her hit an inverted reverse tombstone on the ring apron. Think about Sheeta's aggressive offense times 20. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone that has the ability to perfect every single move that she performs. 
honestly crazy at only 24 years old. Think about it. The Argentine backbreaker and STO to almost breaking her neck on the ring apron. Hi, cat. To having an incredible <laughs> technical game. She's incredible. She really is because she can make any opponent look like a million bucks. You just don't see anyone this young possess the amount of skill only wrestling under five years with all the crazy spots she delivers. She can also be safe too, which is that perfect balance that takes some wrestlers over 10 years to perfect. Buy into the hype of Utami right now. She's rare. Good. Whatever you have to do to see her matches, do it. The variation of wrestling moves to the presentation. She is that walking superstar and has the presence that cannot be matched. Utami is unbelievable. Dude, her, her entrance is, I, I, it's, dude, it's great. And uh, everything about her. Um, so Utami is my number one. I personally don't think it's close. Um, I think she probably is the best women's wrestler that I have ever seen. Wow. But uh, I, I know it's bold. you got to check her out. She's great. Mm-hmm. Only getting better at 24. So a start into Utami is my number one. And I personally don't think it's close. Yeah, it's a name that, that you've brought up on the show quite a bit. You've brought up in person quite a bit. It's a name I've been wanting to check out more. I've started to dive into a little bit of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure these lists will drastically change, especially the more that I dive into your world a little bit. Yes. Mm. my So I knew going into this list that or going into this episode that my list would be much more mainstream than your list, and you knew that too. Yeah. Um, I like my list. I'm gonna stand by it. You're gonna you're gonna criticize it. That's fine. We'll agree to disagree. But hey, that's what I love about this show is we we each have different views. We each have have different likes and dislikes. You dive a little deeper than I have. Um, cat's pissed off at somebody. Probably mad at me because I put Mickey James over. Yeah, over Shanna and you. Um. But overall, I thought this was a lot of fun. Opened up yeah. some really good debates. Um, a lot of wow factor, like I said. I definitely ruffled some feathers with you. Um, but who knows? You know, I, I want to dive into your world a little bit. Uh, some of the, the, the deeper stuff that you get into. And who knows? We do this list next year. I'm sure our lists line up a little better. Um, but overall, I thought this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a very lot hard. Very hard. To oh, do dude. I, now, the men's. I've had the men's. I did the men's list before. The women's, because I was still trying to piece together who I had the top ten immediately for the men's. Yep. This was hard just because there's so much talent in women's wrestling. You just gotta just gotta find it and see what you like and see what you think is the best. Uh, Deanna was someone that I didn't want to leave off the list. I just think the ten I have are just a little bit more talented than she is, and that's not a bad thing. She's still great what she does. Another person I was really considering: Dakota Kai, Taya Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Saray for NXT. There's just so many women's wrestlers. Uh, Alice, Allison K, I think, is up there. Yeah. So you, you just have to think there's so many women's wrestlers that are good. Um, real quick before we move on to the final stuff, uh, Christian, who has been on the show a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, he has, uh, he actually sent me his list for mm-hmm. top 10. So, uh, did he send you this? No. Okay. So, uh, so his 10 was Karshida, 9 was Jordan Grace, 8 Bailey, 7 Kyrie, 6 Shannon Baszler, 5 Britt Baker, 4 Serena Deeb, 3 Deanna Perrazzo, number 2 Utami from Stardom, and number 1 Asuka. Damn. 
So I, I mean, I can, I can see Oscar at one. I really can. I mean, she definitely has the skill and the, uh, the vibrant personality about her to be number one. Bailey. I love Bailey right now. Mm-hmm. Top 10, little high for me. Yeah, but, the um, Bailey the, the the Bailey thing. I think the character work. I have been raving about her heel work for the last year and a half yeah. since she's been doing it, or longer than that. Um, I think her big thing is I'm not a massive fan of her in ring work. I think it's yeah. everyone else's character work is there in ring stuff. I'm just not crazy about. That's what left her off my list ultimately. Yeah, uh, she definitely was in consideration. There was about, let me be honest, there was about 20 different women that was kind of. You know, Candice LeRae was definitely in that mix. Um, but, you know, there was a lot. And uh, there's just so much good wrestling. Just got to find it. So, uh, this was really fun. Dylan, uh, would you like to tell everyone your dummy ammo of the week? Yeah. So, uh, my dummy ammo of the week goes to uh, Vince Russo, of all people. Okay. Um, so, Vince Russo, once upon a time, was the head writer for TNA back in, like, 2009, 2010, that era. Um. It came out recently, uh, within the last couple of weeks. I don't know the exact timeline, but within the last couple of weeks, it came out that Vince Russo basically saw nothing in the Young Bucks during mm-hmm. their time at TNA when they were Generation Me. Yep. Um, and when they were like, well, we can make a lot more money on the independence than we can here. So what the fuck are we doing here? Vince is like, okay, good. Bye. You know, have a good one. See ya. Um, and then look at what the Young Bucks have done since leaving TNA. People often forget that they're even with TNA. <laughs> um, so you want to talk about a big ball drop. Just imagine if Vince Russo, there was clearly something there, let's be honest. Um, if he saw something back then, I yeah. mean, look at, yeah. look, at, look at what they had and let go because yeah. they were like, ah, nothing there. It's just two young kids. Not going to really make much. So, I mean, yeah, do what you want. If you think you can make more money, go do it. I think they have. I think they've done very well for themselves. So, uh, that's just another notch on the stupidity belt that is Vince Russo. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to uh, say. He also, well, at least he has a big fan in Jim Cornette. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Those two are the best of friends. Dude, best of friends. <laughs> um, so, my dummy, uh, very shockingly this week. Uh, goes to MLW, Major League Wrestling. Oh. This is a promotion that I've been super excited about for the last year and cannot wait to see the new episodes post on YouTube. With that being said, one thing that irks me so much about the promotion is how late they post their shows. Dylan, Battle Riot was June 23rd, and we have still not seen it. <laughs> there have been multiple mid-card changes that happen, and us MLW fans are just confused because they haven't acknowledged anything and continue to leave the fans in the dark. Just need to do a better job. I get having events posted late because it's pre-recorded, but we have been begging for Battle Riot. Just give it to us. Um, so MLW, just do better with your upload schedule. We deserve to see it in five months. So uh, MLW gets uh, Demi on the week. Yeah, I, I'm all for, like, I totally get why companies don't do like live broadcasts um it it costs a lot of money and quite frankly it is pretty difficult to do especially with a little more inexperienced roster not saying they have that but you know that's why some of the smaller companies don't do live tv or live tapings um so i'm all for taping multiple episodes or multiple you know whatever at one time and posting them later but four or five months that's a little strange yeah um Especially since the dirt sheets keep up with everything and fans are going to post what happens when they go to the shows. 
So it just makes you look kind of dumb. I know. I'm still bad. And we still might react to Battle Riot. So yeah. who knows? I mean, whenever, whenever it posts, you whenever it posts, we might do that. So uh, we'll keep everyone posted with that. But uh, don't would you like tell everyone what we're doing next week and get us out of here? Well, we're doing the same thing, right? Yep. We're just doing it with the men's side. So <laughs> yep. um, that's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, it's going to be the same list, except it's going to be men's wrestlers this time. Um, I will be recording that from my hotel room in Ohio. I will be visiting family next week. So we will probably be getting up. Uh, not super early, but early enough before the football game starts so we can get this episode in and post it for you guys so you guys can all like it. Uh, but we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Christian will be on the show in a few weeks. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. And then, you know, Survivor Series is around the corner. So a um, lot of cool stuff on the horizon with this yeah, show. Absolutely. Uh, great stuff coming. And uh, one of Dylan's favorite events, the uh, Saudi show, Crown Jewel, is coming oh, up. Yeah, he's very yeah, excited they're, for it. They're a million bucks. So uh, he's really excited to see someone like Logan Ball or an Omos. Yep, so, can't uh, wait. That's going to be definitely his show to check out. But uh, appreciate everyone listening to this point. And uh, we will catch everyone next week with the men's side. Um, I, I'm definitely going to ask you more about why Mickey James is better than uh, Utami, Siri, uh, Shayna, uh, EO. Uh, who okay, well, him, also, you but told me. We'll you get told to me. That. You told me not to put names on there that I wasn't too familiar with. So okay, most of I those get you, names, Tommy. I get yes, you, Tommy. Yeah. Most of those names were left off because I'm just not too familiar with them. I'm not going to put them on my list just to be that mark. Also, you don't know about Blair Davenport. I need to get you in the Bree Prisley. But yes. uh, she is yes. absolutely great. But uh, we will catch everyone next week. And um, we are on the road to the Saudi show. But more importantly, we're on the road to Survivor Series. Yeah, I'm going to be sure to turn my phone off when we get off here so you can't call me or text me. Oh, don't worry. <laughs>